0: This has been a beautiful and rewarding meeting. I endorse the counsel provided by President Howard W. Hunter and that given by each of the sisters, Sister Grassley, Sister Pierce, Sister Clyde, who has addressed us. As I contemplate the vast audience assembled tonight, I ponder the words of President Heber J. Grant, who declared, I have often felt that a photograph of our dear sisters with the intelligent, godlike faces they possess would be a testimony to all the world of the integrity of our people. We would certainly need the widest, wide-angle lens to include all of you in one photograph. Such is not available to us. But with God, all things are possible. In His infinite vision, He literally can view all of us and bless all of us. All we need do is to so live that we merit the blessings ever predicated on our faithfulness to His commandments. Said President George Albert Smith, I desire to impress on the daughters of God that if this world is to endure, you must keep the faith. If this world is to be happy, you will have to set the pace for that happiness. If we are to maintain our physical strength and mental power and spiritual joy, it will have to be on the Lord's terms. Perhaps a young lady had this thought in mind when she spoke the feelings of her yearning heart. What we really and truly need is less criticism and more models to follow. Frequently we're too quick to criticize, too prone to judge, and too ready to abandon an opportunity to help, to lift, yes, even to save. Some point the accusing finger at the wayward or unfortunate, and in derision say, oh, she'll never change. She's always been a bad one. A few see beyond the outward appearance, and recognize the true worth of a human soul. And when they do, miracles occur. The downtrodden, the discouraged, the helpless become no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the Saints and of the household of God. True love can alter human lives and change human nature. This truth was portrayed so beautifully on the stage in My Fair Lady, a favorite of mine. Eliza Doolittle, the flower girl, spoke to one for whom she cared and said, You see, really and truly, apart from the things anyone can pick up, the dressing and the proper way of speaking, the difference between a lady and a flower girl is not how she behaves, but how she is treated. I shall always be a flower girl to Professor Higgins, because he always treats me as a flower girl and always will. But to you, I know I can be a lady, because you always treat me as a lady and always will." The Apostle Paul wrote an epistle to his beloved companion Timothy in which he provided inspired counsel equally as applicable to you and me today as it was to Timothy. Listen carefully to his words. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. We need not wait for a cataclysmic event, a dramatic occurrence in the world in which we live, or a special invitation to be an example, even a model to follow. Our opportunities lie before us here and now, but they are perishable. Likely, they will be found in our own homes and in the everyday actions of our own lives. Our Lord and Master marked the way. He went about doing good. He, in very deed, was a model to follow, even an example of the believers, are we? Happiness abounds when there is genuine respect one for another. Wives draw closer to their husbands, and husbands are more appreciative of their wives. And children are happy, as children are meant to be. Where there is respect in the home, children do not find themselves in that dreaded never-never land, never the object of concern never the recipient of proper parental guidance. To those who are not yet married, I counsel. People who marry in the hope of forming a permanent partnership require certain skills and attitudes of mind. They must be skillful in adapting to each other. They need capacity to work out mutual problems. They need willingness to give and take in the search for harmony. They need unselfishness of the highest sort, with thought for one's partner taking the place of desire for oneself. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to deliver a commencement address to a graduating class. I had gone to the home of President Hugh B. Brown that we might drive together to the university where he was to conduct the exercises and I was to speak. As President Brown entered my car, he said, Wait a minute, Tom. He looked toward the large bay window of his lovely home, and then I realized what he had been looking for. The curtain parted, and I saw Sister Zina Brown, his beloved companion of well over 50 years, at the window, propped up in a wheelchair, waving a little white handkerchief. President Brown took from his inside coat pocket a white handkerchief, which he waved to her in return. Then with a smile he said to me, Let's go. I said, Not until I learn more about the white handkerchiefs. (laughs) As we drove, President Brown told me about the sign of the white handkerchiefs. He related to me the following incident. He said, The first day after we were married, I went to work, but before doing so I heard a tap at the window, and there was Zina waving a white handkerchief. I found mine and waved in reply. From that day until this, I have never left my home without that little exchange between me and my wife. It's a symbol of our love, one for another. It's an indication to one another that all will be well until we are joined together at eventide. Yes, a model to follow, an example of the believers. To you young women in attendance tonight, You, too, can be a model, even an example. We're all aware that we live in a time when there are those who mock virtue, who peddle pornography under the guise of art or culture, who turn a blind eye, a deaf ear, and a calloused heart to the teachings of Jesus and a code of decency. Many of our young people are tugged in the wrong direction and enticed to partake of the sins of the world. Yearningly. Such individuals seek for the strength of those who have the ability to stand firm for truth. Through righteous living, and by extending the helping hand and the understanding heart, you can rescue, you can save. How great, then, will be your joy! How eternal will be the blessing you will have conferred! Some women face illness and incapacity, even to the point of being bedfast. Even so, there is the privilege to rise above affliction and be a true example of faith, of love, and service. Such was the partnership of Virginia and her husband, Eugene Jelesnik. They, for many years, worked together in bringing the gift of song and the joy of music to thousands of servicemen and women, and to audiences from stages worldwide. Then illness and advancing age forced Virginia to remain within four walls, bedfast. But her spirit could not be held hostage by an impaired body. She continued to encourage her husband and to be his inspiration, his constant support. All who are the beneficiaries of Eugene's community concerts and his civic service marvel at his energy, his enthusiasm, and his kindness. In his many responsibilities, Virginia was ever a source of his strength. While the Apostle Paul urged that we be examples of the believers, he didn't restrict the boundaries of our service or limit the extent of our influence. In July of this year, my wife and I attended an honor banquet where individuals were recognized for their quiet service, their selfless sacrifice, their untold devotion to lifting others to a higher plane of living with no thought of personal aggrandizement or personal reward. One Native American lady had literally given much of her life to teaching boys and girls of her Native race how to live how to love and how to serve. Her response, when recognized for her accomplishments, bespoke her humility. Quietly and sincerely, she said just two special words, thank you. Another beautiful woman was honored for her caring, her serving, and her leadership. As a nurse, she comforted the wounded in World War II. As a wife and partner with her husband, she built a worldwide business which blessed the lives of many. And today, she, as a widow, continues daily service to her state and community. She seems to always be smiling. Perhaps this is because she has found the key to happiness. She has always been a missionary. She has ever been there when needed. Yet another, we learned, had quietly yet effectively labored with love to ensure that the rights of abused children should not be neglected or abandoned. There were others, all qualified for the definition of a pioneer, namely, one who goes before, showing others the way to follow. During the banquet and program, I sat next to a well-known personality, Flip Harmon, and his wife Lois. Flip has been involved with the direction of the Days of 47 celebration for 43 years, this being an annual July 24th activity in Salt Lake City. Since Flip was up and around the room fulfilling his official duties, I had the privilege of talking with Lois. She mentioned that she and family members were in attendance at every presentation of the famous rodeo, which is one of the highlights of the Days of 47 celebration. Now, a rodeo is nice, once in a while, but every night I asked Lois how she endured the schedule. Her response was from the heart. She said, this is Flip's life, and I want to be part of it. He counts on me. The night I had atten- attended the rodeo with Sister Monson, my Aunt Blanche, aged 95, and our children, grandchildren, Lois was surrounded by children and precious grandchildren. She was the epitome of happiness. Now, during our luncheon conversation, Lois volunteered to me a few details about her husband. She said Flip had an angel mother who prayed fervently for her sons as they served during wartime their country. When Flip returned home, he and Lois were married. A busy life and welcome children followed. Each year, as their wedding anniversary approached, Flip would say to Lois, What gift do you want for our anniversary, dear? Each year the answer was the same, a temple ceiling. The gift was not given. Then one year, As the perennial question was asked, What do you want, Lois, for our anniversary? And the usual response was given, Oh, to go to the temple of God to get there. Flip's reply was unexpected. He said, Fine, I'll prepare for such an event. They were sealed for time and eternity in the Holy House of God on their 29th anniversary. That says something for patience. Later, Flip served as a bishop. Each remains faithful to the other and loyal to the Lord. As Lois continued, I noticed tears were brimming in her eyes. She said, You know, Brother Monson, Flip always wears cowboy boots everywhere. At the end of each day, he would sit in the chair before the fireplace where he would take off his boots and then read the paper. He would never put away the boots no matter how many times I mentioned the subject. Years ago, that would bother me, but not anymore. I just love those boots. Tender are my feelings and full is my heart as I willingly and lovingly pick them up and put them away each evening. Now tears were brimming in my eyes. Unexpectedly, Lois Harmon was asked to come to the podium where she was given signal honor for her silent service. A bouquet of red roses was presented to her. Flip was asked to respond. His expression was from his heart. It was as though the two of them were alone in the large hotel dining room. He said, Lois is the light of my life. She's my eternal partner. The word partner seemed to fit with the cowboy boots. And then he added, We'll be together forever. Patience was rewarded. Love was expressed. Heaven was near. My dear sisters young and those just a bit older, though your circumstances may differ and your opportunities may vary, you can be models to follow, even examples of the believers. In the holy temple just east of here, a wonderful human drama occurred some years ago. Two of your number, dressed in white, were saying good night to the little children in the nursery whom they had tended while they were there to be sealed to their parents. As the sisters smiled to the little children and turned to leave, One little girl expressed her feelings, hers and the feelings of all. She said, Good night, angels. I choose that expression from that little girl and say to all of you assembled this evening, wherever you are, Good night, angels. May God ever bless each one of you.